Hello everybody and welcome to the Asikulume podcast. My name is Lindo and I am the host of the podcast. Um, today I have yet again an interesting um, sort of topic that I want to discuss. I must be honest as well in saying that I'm not 100% sure how this episode is going to go and my thoughts on the subject matter are not well fleshed out and also they are not well fleshed out not because I was too lazy to do the research but they're also not very well fleshed out because the kind of information that I would need to talk intelligently on the subject matter is information that is pretty hard to find and in instances where you can find the information the people who have the knowledge um, are quite reluctant as well to share it so that's why um, I'm saying that my thoughts are not very well fleshed out but I sort of have an idea of where I want this chat to go I want to chat about the intersection of African traditional spirituality as well as queerness. And I want to touch on this particular sort of um, topic because of the ways in which um, queerness has always been branded as being an African. Um, it's always been said that the ideas that people can have alternative sexual orientations or alternative gender identities is a very European as well as a Western notion and that it doesn't exist within the African context. But I want to sort of not debunk that because I'm not necessarily interested in debunking it, but I want to shed a light on a particular intersection of African traditional spirituality as well as queerness. So in African traditional spirituality, it is um, sort of common cause that we, the people who exist in the land of the living, are able to in some way communicate with people who have crossed over to the other side or people who um, are now dead, essentially. And for the mere mortal, um, that communication is really one way in the sense that we are able to communicate with those who have passed um, in, in Isizulu Amalruzi, right? So we're able to communicate with those who have passed, but more often than not, that communication is on a very basic level. And it is also, it is also one way in the sense that we can communicate with those who have passed, but they don't necessarily respond or communicate back within that setup. And then, so that's for essentially the everyday person. And then there are people who are Izangoma. And Izangoma are what in English is known as traditional doctors or traditional healers. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the term traditional doctor, traditional healer, because I don't think it encompasses all of what um, Isangoma is because for most, not for most of Isangoma, but for some um, of Isangoma, they don't necessarily practice um, like regularly healing people and they don't, they're like they're not, not all Sangomas are in the business of distributing like medication or anything like that. Um, but most of Isangoma really are people who are able to sort of access a deeper or a higher level of communication with um 
with those who have passed and that doesn't necessarily talk to healing or medicine but there definitely are um sangomas and inyanga who deal with like actual ailments so they deal with you know providing medication to people for when they need it um but yeah so that's why the term traditional healer doesn't encompass everything that has to do with ubungoma But anyway, um Izangoma Nenyanga are people who can access like a higher level of communication essentially with um ancestors and this is what is generally believed within the context of South African African spirituality, right? Now to talk I think more deeply about what it means to be Izangoma or how it comes about, um it is generally believed that there is a spirit of a family member who has passed on that inhibits the person who is isangoma or the person who is inyanga right um sometimes it might be mu- multiple spirits who I don't want to say possess you but multiple spirits who inhibit you it could be one spirit it could be multiple spirits um in some instances um some sangomas would say that they um are inhibited by the spirit of their grandmother or their great grandmother or their great 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 grandfather or you know it just it normally is someone within your family line um sometimes they are able to you know trace that person into like three generations but sometimes the spirit that inhibits the, the sangoma is you know many generations removed from them but they know essentially from you know whether it's from their maternal side or their paternal side generally isangoma are people who know which spirit inhibits them although that spirit might be many generations removed right and also the interesting thing about the spirits that inhibit isangoma is that it sort of the gender then conversation comes into play that when you are a male sangoma when you are a person who identifies as male you are able to be inhibited by the spirit of a female ancestor and even if you are female you are able to be inhibited by the spirit of a male ancestor who has passed on and that is what traditionally what has been used as a ways of explaining or justifying why certain sangomas and um inyangas were queer right so within sort of the context of speaking about queerness as being something that is an african the question then would come up to say that okay then if queerness is something that is an african then why are there um people who are traditional healers or traditional doctors or isangoma who then are queer right and then the explanation that was given for that was that no you see this person might be um a man but because they are inhibited by the spirit of their great grandmother those sort of feminine traits of that great grandmother would then um appear in how this person performs their gender and so that's why that's the explanation that is normally given for why um some sangomas are feminine right um it's an, an why on top of being feminine they also are attracted to men 
they would you would you would be given the um, explanation that no, it's because they were inhibited by the spirit of a female ancestor, right? And same thing goes for Isangom or Rinyanga, who are lesbian women, or who are who, who present as being masculine. Is that it would be said that no, they present the way that they do because they are inhibited by the spirit of a masculine person or, or a masculine a masculine spirit, right? So that allows people to sort of further perpetuate the um, argument or the point that queerness is an African, but we are able to explain why certain Sangomas and traditional healers are queer. It's because, oh no, they're inhibited by the spirit of someone who was sort of feminine or someone who was masculine, and that's why that's the gender that this person performs, right? Now, I'm not going to talk about whether that's wrong or right, because I don't know. I'm not particularly someone who grew up with... I mean, I did have a very keen interest in African traditional spirituality when I was younger, but that interest sort of has faded away over time. And I'm not, you know... Excuse me, I'm not still in that world, essentially. And so my knowledge of how things operate within that world is very limited but i do want to say that it kind of um is it's an excuse at the end of the day right it's an excuse at the end of the day to say that no 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 we are able to condone this person or these people being queer because they are inhibited or possessed by spirits who are of the opposite gender as them right and that's why they perform the gender that they perform i definitely think that it's um it's just an excuse that people give and that it has no real foundational um it has no it has no foundational rationality right for why that excuse is given mainly because for many people who are queer it's not something that just happened when for many sangomas who are queer their way that they perform or the way that they um express their gender identity is not something that came up when this person accepted their ancestral calling but it's something that they've just always done right so for um for men who are sangomas who are feminine most of them have been feminine their whole lives right and they didn't become feminine when they accepted their ancestral calling. And same goes for um, lesbian women who are sangomas. They didn't all of a sudden perform masculinity when they accepted their ancestral calling, but they've always performed their masculinity, right? But then someone else would then make the argument to say that the ancestral spirit that inhibits Isangoma is not something that inhibits them when they accept their ancestral calling, but it's something that inhibits them since birth, essentially, right? And so this person would always have been, this man would always have been feminine because he's always been possessed by the spirit of his great-grandmother, or this woman would always have been masculine because they've always been possessed by the spirit of their great-grandfather, and it's not something that happened when they decided to accept their ancestral calling.
right? It's, I mean, it's, it, it obviously is a lot more complex than what I'm saying and, you know, how I'm explaining it, but I still think it's a cop-out. I still think it's just a way for people to be um, queerphobic and to also explain away other queer people whilst still sort of retaining the right and, and the license to be antagonistic against other queer people. I probably will sort of um, read up more and research more about this topic and maybe have a second episode that I do sort of expounding more on, you know, what I've found about the topic. But essentially, that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode, also because I haven't recorded anything in a while. So I also really just wanted to record an episode. But I just wanted to talk about that, that there are ways in which African people are able to explain away queer people who are Isangoma and Inyanga, while also still trying to be queerphobic. I hope you found this episode even a little bit interesting. And um, yeah, I hope you catch the next one. Bye.